Thanks for joining us for the Sermon of the Week. You can find out more information about Legacy Church online at LegacyFamily.tv. We're in the midst of 21 days of prayer and fasting, and uh, it's not too late to start. Some of us are doing the Daniel fast. Some of us are, are fasting just certain things, and, uh, you know, it's just whatever God calls you to do. Uh, but, but seek God. These 21 days we've set aside to seek God, and, you know, what, what's amazing about a fast is, is that you start hearing God's voice quicker, and you hear your voice, and it stands out. You know, especially if you're fasting food or something that, you, that, you, that you're addicted to, like soda pop or caffeine or, or whatnot, your flesh will call your name. That's your flesh. Well, you need a cup of tea. You need a cup of coffee. Uh, you need some bread. You need something. That, that's your flesh talking to you. And you're going to eat something, you're going to die. That's your flesh. That's your body. And your mind's in agreement with your body. Yeah, that's right. You know, your mind gets in, involved with it because your body starts uh, aching and hungering and, and, and your mind, see, the Bible teaches that your mind has to be renewed and your body has to be uh, uh, put under because it'll rule you. And that's kind of what we're going to talk about today. You see, in, in, we're going to go to and start in Hebrews, the 12th chapter. And if you read the whole chapter, it talks about uh, 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 the... Uh, well, it says Jesus is the author and finisher of our faith at the beginning, but it goes about the chastisement of the Lord. And today, this message is not a chastisement, but even though it's coming out of Hebrews, the 12th chapter, it's talking about things that we need to examine in our life and that we need to change. And so this is a pretty serious message today because here's the thing. I hear all kinds of prophecies about what's coming, and I'm excited about them. Boy, we're moving forward, and, and, and God wants bigger and greater things. But you know what? It was prophesied the greater glory last year. Did you get it? What does hinder you from receiving the greater glory? It's what we're talking about today because I, I, I want to run. I'm, I get excited like anybody else. When I hear good news, I just, whoo. And then if it don't come to pass, then we're like, what happened? So today we're going to judge what happens or what does hinder us from receiving the things of God. So I want you to turn with me to Hebrews, the 12th chapter. And we're going to go to uh, verse, uh, we'll start with verse uh, 14. And what we're talking about today is a root of bitterness. And you say, well, I don't even know what that is. It's all in the Bible. The more I've studied this, it's all in the Bible. How many know Cain killed Abel? How many know he killed him because he had a root of bitterness? How many know Saul tried to kill David? King Saul always tried to, he's trying to kill King David. Why? Because he had a root of bitterness in him. It just goes on and on. So we're going to look in Hebrews out of the New Testament and deal with things that can slip up on us as a believer and take control of our lives. You know, we could call it unforgiveness. We could call it, you know, we're calling it bitterness. All these things, and we recognize it, but it's a root. And we're going to look at different things and how the enemy comes in to steal Christians' blessings. How to keep, how the enemy keeps us from walking in the things of God. Let's just look just for a second. Just think about this. Some people constantly have financial trouble. Some people constantly fighting sickness and disease. Some people uh, constantly make bad decisions. They married the wrong person over and over. I mean, I know somebody that's married three alcoholics. Boom, boom, boom. What, what's up with that? 
I would be running from an alcoholic. But they married an alcoholic, divorced them, and married another alcoholic, and divorced them, and married another alcoholic. And finally, they married somebody that was not an alcoholic. Glory to God. But what caused that? Because there's something there, something on the inside that keeps somebody from making right choices. Well, what is the fruit uh, 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 of bitterness? It, it causes anger, fear, hate. You become envious, uh, jealousy. It leads to addictions. Pornography, adultery, fornication, as we'll read, stealing, on and on and on. It's the root cause to a lot of things. I mean, it, 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 people that are constantly doing something wrong, does they have a root of bitterness in them, and it needs to be taken out. You know, in Mark, the fourth chapter, we've taught that the sower sows the word. And some fell by the wayside, and some fell on the good soil. And we talked about the rocks in the garden. Well, how many of you know you can have roots in your garden? And if you don't get the roots out, you know, I'm a deer hunter, and I planted food plots before, and they got this stuff called throw and go. And you just throw it on the ground, and it's supposed to grow up. Well, only half of it comes up because you didn't plow the ground. Or parts of it come up. But if you plow the ground and you put some good, you put the seed in the ground, it's all coming up. Get the root out today. We're planting seed in the good soil today. And you know what? Make your whole life good soil. So let's read this scripture. And in verse, I'm sorry, in verse, yeah, 12, verse 14, there it is. Follow peace with all men. It's a good place to start. And holiness, without which no man shall see the Lord. Looking diligently, diligently, lest any man fall of the grace of God, or fail of the grace of God, excuse me. Lest any root of bitterness, there it is, root of bitterness springing up trouble you, and thereby many be defiled. Verse 16, lest there be any fornicator or profane person. When you get defiled, become a fornicator or a profane person as Esau, who for one morsel of meat sold his birthright. Let's go ahead and read 17. For you know how that afterward when he would have inherited the blessing, he was rejected. For he found no place of repentance, though he sought it carefully with tears. Now, we're looking at a root of bitterness today and, and, and how it can creep up in your life. And how it can come up. Because this is written to believers. So we're talking to believers today. And, and, but, but unbelievers can have it as well. And so we're going to look, uh, look, look at these scriptures today. And, and we're going to move forward. And, and we're going to talk about it. But before we do, I've asked Miss Keene. Miss Keene told me, told me a story one time. about she, she ministered to a lady that had a root of bitterness. The Holy Spirit told her, this person has a root of bitterness and I need you to go talk to him. So, Miss Keene, will you come? And she's going to share a testimony right quick. And you know what? You can do the same thing. But today, I want you to look at your heart. Praise the Lord. If we have any of that, we want to get rid of it. It's going to block you off. It's going to keep you from growing, from maturing, and all those things. But for the story that Pastor had asked me to share... It's been several years back. Bill and I worked, had the traveling ministry at that time. We weren't pastoring. And uh, so I would always spend a lot of time praying in the Spirit. This is one of your keys. If you have it, many people don't have it. If you don't, it's a gift. If you have it, many people have it and they don't use it. 
They put it on the shelf and they don't use it, and it's useless to you in that room when you don't. Well, um, I had always gotten up in the early in the mornings from back in the 80s when I had some difficulty. The Lord said, if you pray an hour in the spirit a day, it's going to put you further down the road. And so when you start praying an hour in the spirit a day, it kind of grows on you, you know. When you begin to praise him, when you begin to pray for the nation, when you begin to pray for your family, you'll find you're getting into two hours and into three and into more. And, and that's a good thing. And then finally, I would peek up at the clock, and I would have been praying three hours, and I hated to stop because the presence of the Lord was so precious and so sweet that I just didn't want to get up and leave. So this was one of those days when I had spent three hours praying in the Spirit that morning. And uh, so just sitting there praying in the Spirit, and it's the only time in life that I actually had it in this particular form. While I was sitting there in my chair and I was home alone that day, it was like a television screen. I had a, a dear friend in high school. I didn't have, I had a mother and father that had now gone on to be with the Lord. I didn't have sisters and brothers. Uh, but while I was in high school now, my parents were living and I had a good friend. But I didn't have sisters and brothers, so I was at her house or she was at mine. And she had three older sisters. Well, I knew her mother and I knew her sisters and all of that. So she'd be at my house or I'd be at hers, one of the two. And so, but life went on and finally we graduated and I married and I was in one part of the country, uh, kind of uh, the same state, but a different place. So I was sitting praying that morning and I had not seen my friend or her family in years. I suppose they were still living. I'm going a different path of life. They're out there. But while I was sitting in that chair praying in the spirit, it was like a television screen. And I seen her sister. And I knew her because I knew her years back. And I looked at her feet and legs. And have you seen people that had difficulty and the, the feet were swollen way up over the shoes? And uh, the Lord said to me, she has a root of bitterness. But if you'll go tell her, to get rid of it, I will heal her. Now, I didn't even know where she lived. I did not know that she had a root of bitter. I hadn't seen the woman. So I said to him, Lord, I'll be glad to go. I'll be happy to go, but I don't know where she is. Show me, Lord, where she is. He said nothing. I got up out of the chair, got myself ready to go. All the while, I'm praying in the Spirit, saying, Lord, I need to know where to go. I don't know where to go. Finally, I said to the Lord, well, Lord, I'm just going to go to the last place that I knew she was. And if you've got a different direction, sir, I'm listening. So I began to drive up to another part of, um, it was, oh, 30 mile away from me or something maybe. Anyway, I'm driving and I'm praying in the spirit. So when I'm driving up there and I'm getting close to the old home place, there was a car in front of me and it pulled right in the driveway. Well, I pulled in behind it, and I'm thinking, dear God, I'm missing it. You know how you do. Oh, Jesus. Well, anyway, though, I pulled in behind the car. When they got out, she got out on the passenger side, and her daughter was driving. Her daughter was now living with her, was separated or divorced. She had a son that was in Texas. And so she said to me, well, Shirley King, what are you doing here? 
So I'm making small talk, and I said, well, I come to see you, of course. Well, that was the truth. <laughs> anyway, she said, oh, come on in. So we chit-chatted. Finally, I said, I guess you're wondering really why I'm here. I just tell on God. I was praying this morning, and God said, and her feet were, when she got out of the car, there was those feet right out over those shoes, just like God had shown me, just exactly. And I know there's health issues. And I said to her, uh, this morning I was praying, and God said that you had a root of bitterness. But if you'll let it go, he'll heal you. And so she began to cry. And she said, Shirley, that's right, I do. She said, my son lives in Texas. She said, we're having a real financial struggle. And she said, he can help us. And he won't. And I've just gotten that. And I said, let me tell you, is, should he help you? Yes, he should. But if he don't, we got a source. But I said, the most important thing is your health issue. I said, Leela, God said, if you'll give it up, he'll heal you. And so I went over to lay hands on her, and she said, Shirley, I will. I will. Well, that was all it took, because that's what God had said. So I touched her, and I laid hands on her. Immediately, and the legs and feet were big, and it was warmer weather, so you could see them. Immediately, one leg went, it went all the way down, and the other one part way. We just had church. We just really did. And so about three weeks after that or something on that order, Bill and I were at the mall, and she was there, and she was just normal. And she just praised the Lord. Church, there is the root of bitterness. There's the road rage. There's anger. There's even self-pity. All these things in your life or mine, are designed for one thing, to set you back, laying aside those things that so easily does beset you. You know, when, when there's an argument and all of that, ever who's right or wrong, you're just as wrong when you enter into it. You, Bill, would always minister this to our congregation. You're not responsible, nor can you help what other people say to you or do to you. The one thing that you can and is God's will for you is how are you going to respond? What do you say? It is your choice. It is your choice what you do. Yeah, the flesh don't want to, like Pastor said. The mind don't want to. When they're browbeating you, you want to get right back at them. That's human nature. That's natural, but we're supernatural. And what you have to do is lay it down. It's a trick. It's a deceitful trick of the enemy, and it's to rob you of your spiritual growth, your health, your relationships, finances, everything, everything. You know, there's a pipeline to heaven. And all these things can clog it up. And if there was water running down it, you get down here and there's two or three drops coming out. Something's got your pipeline clogged up. Is it bitterness? 
uh, aggravation, uh, argument, anger, self-pity. Well, you don't know what they did to me. It's always, well, you don't know what they did to me, or you don't know what they didn't do for me. Lay it down. It is your choice, but guess what? Jesus did, and he's your example, and you can, and I can. And it is a choice, and personally, for me, for my family, for my well-being, for the ministry that I can do, I've laid it down. I've laid it down. I intend to keep it down. And I love every one of you all, and I pray so much as pastor ministers. If it's there, it could be that you haven't received your healing or your finances or your marriage or whatever just because of some of these things. Don't take the bait. Amen. Amen. Well, you give a preacher a microphone, they'll preach a message for you. But it's true. But it's the truth. So, so let's talk about three things. And she, she nailed the most of them, but let's, let's dig in a little deeper. There's three things about the root of bitterness that you need to look at. And you need to guard your heart before the day's over, before this service is over. Every, you're going to see where every one of us can taste bitterness. But you better spit it out. So let's, let's look. Let's start back up to Hebrews 12. And uh, we'll start in, in, um, in verse 15. Well, I won't read in verse 14. Let's read 14 and 15 together. I'm sorry. Follow peace with men and holiness without no man shall see the Lord. No man shall see the Lord. Verse 15, looking diligently lest any man fail of the grace of God. Lest any root of bitterness springing up trouble you and thereby many be defiled. Uh, bitter roots deceive. You hear me? They, they deceive. Uh, bitter roots cause deception and you can't see clearly because you're bitter. You know, she talked about that lady and her son. She couldn't see. She, she was not so mad at her son. And, you know, she surmised that he had the money. But, you know, who, who knows? And maybe he did. But, but still, bitter roots will bring deception to you. And, and you got to be careful uh, to keep your eyes open. In 2 Corinthians 11.3, you're writing this down. Write this down. And this is Paul talking to Corinthians. But I fear... Lest by any means as the serpent beguiled Eve through subtility, that uh, so your mind should be corrupt from the simplicity that is in the gospel. How simple. She just preached the gospel. If you just give it to God, if you just trust God. But see, see the, the enemy comes to make it hard. And, and, and Eve, Eve was uh, uh, tricked. And so, so she was blinded. And, and as you look at the, the things that Eve, Adam and Eve went through, uh, you'll see that they were blinded because they knew the truth. Uh, let, let's, let's, let's look at what the enemy had to say. Uh, in Genesis 3 and 1, it says the serpent was more subtle than any any beast of the field, and he came and he started talking to them. Can you eat of the trees of the field? And, 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 and he starts tricking them. Well, let's just read it. And, and he said to the woman, uh, yea, God said, God said, you should not eat of every tree in the garden. Notice, notice with deception, there's a little bit of truth in it. Get your attention. Next verse. 
And the woman said to the serpent, we may eat it through the trees of the garden, but of the fruit of the tree which is in the midst of the garden, God said, you should not eat it, neither shall you touch it, lest you die. Now, I don't know about that. She probably added that part because she's in a conversation. You know how you get to add living to it? Caught a fish, and it was this big time you get through telling it. Next verse. And the serpent said, woman, you shall, you shall not surely die. For God does know in the day that you eat, your eyes shall be open, and you shall be as God's, knowing good and evil. Huh. Let's, let's look at that just for a second. God knows, part of the truth, that your eyes will be open. Yeah, their eyes will be open, but they'll know good. Guess what? They already knew good. They knew God. They were made in the image and the likeness of God. Everything that God had, he had given to them. They weren't just, you know, formed like a baby walking around stumbling. God gave them, he gave them their, his wisdom. I mean, to be able to name all the animals, to be able to, if, why would God give an infant dominion over the earth? No, he made man in his likeness and his image, and they knew God, and they knew good, because our, our English word comes from God, comes from the Latin word good. God, they knew God. They knew God. What God was trying to protect them from was knowing evil. That's where the deception came in. The, the deception came that uh, you know evil, and God did not want them to know evil. But they listened to the enemy. You know, I got to thinking about this. Adam and Eve did not have a root of bitterness, but Satan did. Satan had a root of bitterness. Satan, uh, th this was the original sin for man right here, but the original sinner and the original sin came from Lucifer. Lucifer was the one who brought sin into the earth, and he tricked Adam and Eve to they bowed the knee to what he said. How important to, that you hear right words because the words that you believe are the words that you follow and the words that you make God. The, you hear me now? That's the Holy Ghost. The words that you believe and the words that you follow are the words that you make God. And you have got to put God's word number one and not be deceived anymore. Not fall to the deception uh, uh, of the enemy. Uh, he's the original uh, uh, sinner. In Isaiah 14, 13, he said, I'll exalt my throne above God's. He says, this talking about Lucifer, thou said in thine heart, I will ascend into heaven. I will exalt my throne above the stars of God. I'm going to be better than God. I will sit also upon the mount of the congregation in the sides of the north. Now, the, the Bible scholars argue whether that, this, that he wanted to be better than Jesus. He got jealous. He got jealous. It was found in him. This kind of rebellion only comes from a root of bitterness. This kind of rebellion he felt left out. He felt something, and, and he acted upon it. And so you got to be careful because deception's coming. It's, uh, it's, it's in the earth. It, it's coming in, in, in all, all the ways. Let's, let's go. Um, let me read Hebrews 12 one more time in verse 15. Looking diligently, lest a man fall or uh, fail of the grace of God. Lest any root of bitterness springing up trouble you, thereby many be defiled. And verse 16 says, lest there be any fornicator or profane person. Lest, lest, lest. You know what that means? Lest means don't do that. Don't be like that. I don't want you to be that way. And so he's talking about uh, lest. For Christians, there's two ways to fail the grace of God. Two ways. 
lasciviousness. I know it's hard to say. It's in the Bible. And, and, and lasciviousness, well, before I get into it, the, the other way is legalism, which is religion. Lasciviousness in uh, the truest form means evil and evil living. Well, we know the world is, is living evil. We know the world is out there. They do whatever they want to. Let's do it. If it feels good, do it. And Isaiah said it like this. They add sin unto sin. They plan to add sin unto sin. And, and, uh, and they don't seek God at all. But we're not talking about the world right now. We're talking about us, Christians. And so for a Christian, for a Christian uh, to, to be in lasciviousness for a believer is that we can live. This is our thought. We can live any way we want to. And there's no consequences. People, if we live like that, we're walking over the blood of Jesus. And there's teaching out there right now that says that. You know, there's a grace message out there. And I've had somebody tell me, well, if we're under grace, we ought to be able to do anything. Mm -mm. Well, the, t the commandments are done away with. Jesus fulfilled the law. So if I commit murder, you don't think it's going to destroy my life? You don't think it's going to affect my kids? You don't think it's going to affect my grandkids? You don't think it just rolls down? Well, man, my great-great-grandpa was a murderer. God. You cannot. You have to keep yourself. You have to keep yourself and do what the, the Word says and do what, the, uh, what God said in His Word. Um, you know, just the, the opposite of it is, is uh, religion or legalism. And they're extremes. One's one end and one's the other end. We, we got to be careful of legalism. Well, you got to do this. You got to do that. You, you know, it's already been paid for us. Righteousness and holiness. Uh, go, go back to verse, um, put verse 14 up there right quick, Amy. Follow peace with all men and holiness. We got to follow holiness. We got to be holy. It says in the New Testament, be ye holy as I am holy. Come out from among them, you know, in Old Testament, come out from among them, be ye separate. And it says, without no man shall see the Lord. What that see right there, that S-E-E, see, that see right there is not that you're, going, you're not going to go to heaven. What that means is just what she said, the pipeline is stopped up because you're living in sin and the anointing of God does, cannot flow through you, be upon you, cannot stand in you. And you say, well, he, Jesus said he never leave me nor forsake me. Yeah. But let me ask you, if you've ever been by somebody and they, they made you back up? I mean, you're with somebody and they start throwing up, guarantee you you're going to back up. Stuff that comes out of our mouth makes the Holy Spirit back up. What is that? Where did that come from? What comes out of our mouth, what, what comes out of us and how we act or, and the things that we think and, and the things that we, we look and, and what we do, it causes the Holy Spirit to back up from us. Now, I'm not saying you're losing your salvation. I'm saying you can't have the blessing of God. Consequences to not, to letting the root of bitterness. And some people get so bitter and so angry that they don't care anymore. You've seen it. I've seen it. We, we've heard about it. We've talked about it. And, 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 and you know, then, then religion drives you to earn it. You got to earn it. And you don't have to earn it. It's a free gift. You get to walk in it. You get to put it on, put it in you, and walk in it. It's free already. Holiness has already been given to us. 
But we got to start wearing it and acting it and living it. And I'm not watching that anymore. And I'm not looking that way. And I'm not going to eat that. I'm not going to go over there and hang out with them. I'm not. I'm staying. The Lord told me one time, get away from those people. I had to sell a house. A house I built. I want to like that house. But those, the Lord said, it's time to move. Because, you know, you get around them and then they this and that and the other. And then they get talking about folks. And the Holy Ghost said, they talking about you when you ain't here. And it's pulling you down and it's sitting on you and you need to stay away from them. Well, my kids are playing with their kids. My kids are hanging out with their kids. Well, it's time to go. It's time to go. See, see, we, we, we got to separate ourselves. Sometimes you got to do drastic things. And, but some people say, this is my house. I built it and I'm not moving. To your own destruction, you're not moving. No, you got to obey what the Spirit of God says, and you got to get to the place where you can hear what God said. God is always speaking, but we're not always listening. And going through this prayer and fasting and stuff, and the, you know, you start recognize this is this is still in your time with God, and this is still in your time with God, and this is still in your time with God. That's why we're seeking God. And that's why we're pursuing God because we we don't want anything to hinder us from the things of God. In Galatians 3, 1, Paul said it like this. Who has deceived you? Put, it, put Galatians 3, 1 up there for us, Amy. Who? Let me read it right here. All right, O foolish Galatians, who hath bewitched you that you should not obey the truth? Before whose eyes Jesus Christ hath been evidently set forth, crucified among you. Who hath bewitched you? Who's used magic on you? Well, there's no such thing as magic. What he's talking about is the deception. You know, look at this. Look over here. You know, they get you, so, if you've ever been, seen a pickpocket work, they bump your shoulder till you feel what's on your shoulder and they pull something out of the other side of your pocket. It's deception. And here we're talking about it. You know, the enemy say always, the enemy is always, look down here. Look at what God's not doing in your life instead of looking what God is doing in your life. Look at what you don't have and what you should. Look at they're getting blessed and you're not. And look at what you've got and being thankful for what you have. He's always deceiving you and, and trying to that you should not obey the truth. It's not working. It's not working. It's not working, he says, but it's working. All things work. The word of God always works. God, matter of fact, stands behind his word, and, and, and he'll back it to its own hurt. That means he'll, he'll destroy himself if the word don't work. We got to get that, that. We need to let that sink in. The word of God works. We got to stand on it. We quit it. There was a, you know, when you get into the religion and things like that, people are deceived. Uh, what somebody said that, that the Lord had led them that they're to live by hand to mouth. They're not supposed to own a house or a car. They just take what they have, and that's all. And poverty. They vowed a vow of poverty. God told them, no. No. That's a lie. See, see there, there's a big-time prosperity message, and then there's a, pros, a poverty message. But right in the middle is where God's provision message is. God provides for his people. 
He says, give and I'll give unto you. He said, I'll take care of you. He said, if I take care of the birds, I'll take care of you. He said, I'll take care of everything. See, that's provision of God. That's where we want to stay. We don't want to follow on either end. We want to stay in the provision of God. I, I've had people, I, I heard a pastor told me a story that this couple was cheating on their husband and wife, and they had talked about it that they prayed. The cheating couple prayed, and they said it was God. He said, no, it's not God. That's a lie. That's deception. Deception. The enemy will make you think, they'll be, he'll be, he can get religious. Do you know the devil's religious? He knows the word, and he talks just enough of it to you. that oh, oh, it must be God. We're spiritual husband and wife. I've heard that story. That's crazy. No. It's deception. No, the word of God is true. And I'm, I don't want to get off on that crazy stuff, but I'm telling you, there's craziness out there. Keep your feet on the ground. Don't be deceived. Number two, the root of bitterness, it defiles. It'll defile you. The root of bitterness defiles. You know, it, 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 we read it there in verse 15. Looking diligently, lest any man follow the grace of God, lest uh, any root of bitterness springing up trouble you, and thereby many be defiled. We're talking about Christians being defiled. You know what defiled means? It means to stain. It means to stain. It means to dye another color. I mean, we're, we're supposed to be holy and righteous, but, but, but a root of bitterness will, def, will stain us and mark us. You know, somebody, somebody made the statement one time, I can never be happy with my life because of my past. I can never be happy with my life because of the things I've done in my past. Those are stains. Jesus washed you of those stains. You know, the Holy Ghost told me about your, your sin. Well, did I make you squirm a little bit? He told me about your sin. He said, I don't know it. I don't remember it. You asked forgiveness of it, and I don't know it. I can't remember it. It's gone. But see, we hold on to those stains, and we say, oh, God can never use me. I've been divorced, or God never used me. I've been to prison, or God never used me. That's a lie. Let go of the past and start moving forward today in God, in Christ. Because that, that root of bitterness, it, you, you think you, it, it defiles you and it hangs on that, uh, uh, that I'm stained, that I'm, I'm no good, I'm not worthy, I'm not good enough. Oh, you've been given everything that pertains to life and godliness in Christ Jesus. Everything. See, that's where we got to be looking at everything that we've been given in, uh, uh, to, that pertains to life and godliness is in Christ. And quit looking at all the stains in our past. That's what the deception again, and sees back to the deception. But it's, and we think about that we're defiled, that we're not worthy. That's religion too. We're not worthy. We just got to be humble. The Lord don't want us to have anything. He just wants us to be a lowly, lowly man just walking this earth. Baloney. How can you help somebody? How can you feed the poor? How can you feed the poor if you don't have anything? How can you give to the kingdom of God? How can you send a missionary if you don't have anything? How? You cannot. So, so don't, 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 don't hang around and, and be defiled. Don't stay. Stay with what the word says. Uh, uh, be free. Be free. You know, it, it talks about Esau. And uh, in the next verse. So let's talk about Esau just for a second. In Genesis 25, 29 through 31, 
This is the story. You know, there's several stories about Esau and Jacob. Jacob became Israel. Jacob was the uh, uh, one who fathered the 12 tribes of Israel. But, but here they are. They're, they're young men. Esau, if you read in first to 25, Esau was a great hunter. And uh, he was, he was uh, redheaded and whatnot and covered in hair. And he was just a, his daddy loved him because, you know, his daddy liked to eat the wild meat that he, that he killed. And he was proud of his son. He was a great hunter. And uh, Jacob hung around the tents. And, uh, you know, he, he probably kept the books. He cooked. And so uh, he was mama's boy. And Jacob sawed pottage. He made pottage. And Esau came in from the field and he was tired. He was faint. He was hungry. And let's look about what kind of man Esau was. And Esau said to Jacob, feed me, I pray, with that same red pottage, for I am faint. Therefore was his name called Edom, because he's red. He likes the red pottage, but I'm tired. Next verse. And Jacob said, sell me your birthright. Note it. This means the double portion on the inheritance. This is the double. And he goes, well, you know what? I'll sell you a bowl. Now, you know, Jacob ain't right here, but, but let's look at Esau's heart. Verse 33, and Esau said, Behold, I'm at the point to die. And what profit shall any birthright do to me? People, he wasn't about to die. You ever had your kids tell you, I'm starving to death. When are we going to eat? I'm starving to death. This is a grown man saying that. I'm starving to death. When am I going to eat? Well, we just ate 10 minutes ago. I'm still hungry. That's flesh. That's who, he was a fleshly man. He was a fleshly man. He said, I'm at the point of dying. What profit shall this birth? You know, how many of y'all fasting? Y'all thought y'all was at a point of dying. You know, I hadn't had meat in a week here, you know, and I'm like, I couldn't find anything. I couldn't live without meat. I went three days without eating nothing. Drank water. Hey, man, I'm, I'm doing good. I've been running, working out, and Jeff said he climbed a mountain Friday. He ain't had no meat either. And you ain't going to die. That's your flesh telling you, oh, you, you can't make it without meat. You can't make it. No, we're seeking God. And, and here he is. Esau has nothing to do with God. I'm at the point of die. What prophet shall any birthright do to me? And, he, and, he, and, and Jacob just cut it short. Jacob said, swear to me then. And he sold his birthright. But let's go ahead and read it. I'm sorry. I, there's a verse I want to look at. And swear to me this day, and he swore unto him, and he sold his birthright. Verse 34, and Jacob gave Esau bread and pottage of lentils, and he did eat and drink and rose up, and listen to what it says, and Esau despised his birthright. Bitter. Root of bitterness set in. He became bitter. He became bitter. Ah, well, I didn't need it anyway. You ever heard somebody say that? You do need that. I didn't need that anyway because somebody stole it from you or somebody did something wrong to you. I didn't like them anyway. I don't have to hang around those people anyway. He despised his birthright so much so that, it, that if you look in the, uh, the next chapters or two, uh, Esau, Esau despised. He listened to his father telling Jacob where to get a bride and where to get a wife and said, stay out of Canaan, Canaan and don't get your wife from Canaan. He already, after this, he goes and gets two women from Canaan. And then he hears his daddy saying that, and he was so bitter, he said, I'm going to go get another one. You ever, you ever know, know somebody? Don't say it's you. Don't, 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 don't point at anybody. But you know what I'm saying? I'll get another one. You don't tell me what to do. But that's a root of bitterness. Be careful. It's re, we think it's rebellion, but it starts with the root of bitterness. He's upset that his brother took his birthright. 
that he sold it for a bowl of soup. It was his own fault. His own stupidity, his own flesh, falling away to his own flesh. So, so we got to be careful. And, and you know, uh, people even get mad at God. You ever notice that? I mean, people do things out of resentment and, and spite, and then when they reap what they sow, they want to blame God. And they get mad at God. And they're mad at everybody else, too. It doesn't take much to bring it out. She said road rage, you know. A big deal, honey. Oh, bless them, Lord. They just like to hit me, but bless them instead of, can't believe you pulled out in front of me. What's wrong with you? That's coming from somewhere else. But how about the other extreme? How about the other extreme? Well, I lost my job. The Lord must have a, the, you know, the, the Lord must have a plan. Uh, you know, he, he, he knows and, oh, oh, oh. I'm just struggling. I've heard people, there was a guy on TV talking last night about he, his son, his wife wouldn't let him see his son. I know God's sovereign and God has a plan in this. What? I've seen people lose a loved one and, because, and, and either get a root of bitterness or go the other extreme and say, well, you know, God's sovereign. He's got a plan. He knows. I mean, he took my child. He must be, there must have been something. No, that's not what sovereign means. Sovereign don't mean that God's going to do stuff in you and for you and, and, and make choices for you and take your kids from you. God, look, 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 sovereign means that God is the ruler of the universe. He made it all. He rules it all. Now, this is a key. God made it all and rules it all, but God can never act outside of his character or beyond his word. God stands by his word and God moves by his word and he gave man dominion in the earth. Take your dominion. You tell sickness to stay off your kids and death to stay away from those kids. And from your spouse and your husband, you take dominion over death. Jesus did. That's how he raised the dead. That's how he rose. He was risen from the dead. He rose again on the third day. He took dominion over death. God is sovereign, yes, but he's bound himself by his word. And in his infinite wisdom, he gave man a choice. Choose you this day whom you will serve. Because if, he, if, if he's in control, then why ain't we all millionaires? Aren't we his children? Don't he love us? He loved us so much he gave his son. That's what he did. He gave Jesus to make a way. And we got to be in Christ. When we get in Christ, then that's where we get in his place. That's where we get in his place. I know it's difficult and, it, and it's hard for some people because, but you know what? People don't want the responsibility. It's either to blame Miss Becky or I can blame Jeff. It's Jeff's fault. If you didn't get your uh, uh, sheet today, it's Jeff's fault. I didn't print them off, but it's his fault. He didn't remind me, and he didn't print them anyway. And, and, you know, blame, blame, blame. If it ain't his fault, then God didn't do it in his infinite, infinite wisdom. That's not true. We're responsible. Nobody picked those clothes out for you. You did. Nobody. Nobody, you look, you're supposed to look at your gas gauge. God ain't going to fill your gas up for you. You have to take responsibility for your life. And you know what? You need to live by the word. That's the way God set it up. God set it up to live by my word. And I know there are people in countless churches, and I grew up in a church, and I never knew even heard of that. It's just whatever happens, God, and whatever don'ts, God. They never talked about the devil. 
They never talked about our flesh, us making, people making wrong choices. Wrong choices will affect your life. Wrong choices will affect your life, the outcome of your life. There, there, was, a, there was a story, and I can't remember. I'm going to wing it here. But there was a story about two brothers. And, and one of them, uh, they both started off and raised in the same family. And one said, you know, I ain't doing all that. And he became an alcoholic. And the other one went to school and became a teacher. And out of his lineage, they went down and looked at the lineage of the alcoholic. There was drug addicts and alcoholics all through that family. And all the, the one who was a teacher, there was preachers and there was professors and there were people because he sought God. And, you know, he got saved and gave his heart to God. My family turned around. I talk about, I'm going to tell my, my family, I got black sheep in my family. I got one generation removed. My, my grandmother had 10 brothers and every one of them were alcoholics. Every one of them. Three, two died in, one died in prison. I know two died of, um, of alcohol. They, their liver give up on them. They were alcoholics. But my grandmother stopped and started serving God. Her sons got born again. And her sons turned our whole, my, my side of the family turned it around. Turned it around. The heritage that I have and my kids have and my cousins, all my cousins are saved you're talking about a good time, we get together. If we drink, we, they, they really think we're crazy. But we love God, and we talk about God, and we, and we have a great time. And, and, and the thing about it is, is we, it's, it's it because of my grandmother turned her life around. It matters what you do. It matters to your kids. It matters to, to people around you. There are people that you're holding in this life. They're watching you, and they, they want to be like you. Don't sell yourself short. The devil said, ain't nobody want to be like you. All they see is your stains. That's a lie. The devil's a deceiver, and he's the defiler. Mm. Man's messed it up. Adam and Eve messed it up. When sin came into the earth, then the curse came. Now, hear me, and uh, we'll move forward. Christ has redeemed us from the curse of the law. That is true, Galatians 3.13. Christ has redeemed us from the curse of sickness, disease, death, and poverty, but... You have to pursue it. You have to, to go get it. You have to redeem that ticket. If I gave you my credit card, you could put it in your pocket and never use it. If I gave you the keys to my truck, you could walk around with them and walk to the store and back and never use that truck. That's what a lot of Christians are doing. They have the keys to the kingdom of death, hell, and the grave, and they have them in their pocket, and they never pull them out and use them. They never pray. They never bind the devil. They never speak against sickness and disease. They never confess health over their body. Uh, like, the, the, like the Word of God says, that, that, that God blesses my bread and water and takes sickness away from the midst of me. That's a good confession. That's the Word of God. And God said that for you. But most people, they've never even heard that, much less say it. So be a disciple. That means discipline yourself to know what the Word of God says. You want this year to be a blessing? I'm telling you, the blessing's already here. We just got to... Jump in. Get out there and swim in it. Drink some of it and enjoy it. But we, we got to quit beating ourselves up. Let's move forward. Bitter roots depress. In verse 16 says, uh, Lest there be any fornicator or profane person as Esau, who was one for one morsel, sold his birthright. In verse 17, For you know how afterward that he would have inherited the blessing, he was rejected rejected you know you get rejected you get depressed 
You ever been on there, been at school, and you was, uh, pick me, pick me, you know, to choosing up sides to play kickball? Some of y'all don't know what kickball is or where they roll the ball. It's like baseball, but anyway. All right, you're choosing up side to play baseball. And there's a line, of, you know, you got two captains, and they're, pick me, pick me, choose me. Let me tell you, the Bible says that God has chosen you already. He chose you before the foundation of the world. He predestinated you to be saved, but it's up to you to receive it. It's up to you to receive it. God has chosen you. Don't feel rejected. Don't get depressed because nobody cares. God cares. Receive his care. God loves you. Receive his love. You see, Esau carried this sense of rejection with him from that day forward. Because of that bitterness, he, nobody cares about me. I don't care about y'all. I'm going to go get another wife from Canaan. I don't care what y'all say. Rejection. God has not rejected you. God has not rejected you. God is, God is not, he, he, he's not the one that, that's behind that. You see, if, you, if we keep reading, uh, let me read it one more time. In verse 16, let there be any fornicator or profane person. Let's stop and look at that profane person right there just for a second. To be profane. To be profane. It'll slip up on you. One who's driven by appetite. I'm not talking about food. See, Esau was fleshly. It's not just food. He was driven not just by food, but by lust, greed, fame, power, basically selfishness. A person that's driven by selfishness. Here's a a simple story. There was a man that uh, I, I think he won a trip around the world. Get on an airplane, they fly you to a city, and you spend the night, you see the sights, they pay for all your food expenses. You get on the plane, you fly to another place and go around, and you're just going all you going all the way around the world on your plane trip. And it's non-refundable, non-stop. You get on it and go enjoy yourself. It's free. So he shows up at the airport. Man, I'm going around the world. And he checks his luggage in, he shows him the ticket, and he goes, and you know how you got to get there early, and so you're sitting and waiting for the boarding, you know, now boarding, you know, you know, the airplane. If you've never been on there, they, they announce that out. Well, he gets hungry, and they have a restaurant. So he goes over to buy him a hamburger. And so he orders a hamburger, and they're taking their time. They can't get it done. They mess it up. So reorder me a hamburger because I'm really hungry right now. And they say, now boarding plane, you know, flight 209. And he says, no, I'm, I'm going to eat first. I'm going to eat. And he sits there and eats his hamburger and misses his flight. Think about that. How many things we have missed because we were sidetracked doing something that was fleshly and not spiritual? How many times when God, God wanted to speak to us like, like her, uh, like our sister there, and send us to somebody, but, but we watching Bonanza? And we not seeking God. I'm sorry, Bonanza, or friends, or whatever's on right now. Because you, you, you can get sidetracked. And, and, and just one thing, well, I, you know, I'm so tired, just let me rest. Well, you can sleep your life away. Remember the story of the virgins who didn't have any oil and some were asleep and some were, ooh, that's what we're talking about. Responsibility. And, 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 and see, God wants us to have. How many for just a moment of pleasure gave up their destiny? Nobody in this room in Jesus' name, but you, I've seen ministers give up their 
destiny in God for the church secretary or for the youth pastor's wife or whatever, what the destiny God had for them for one moment of pleasure. You can't do that. I've seen people lose their businesses, lose their jobs over, over one, one moment of pleasure. No, no, we're above that in Jesus' name. That's not, these, that's not us. And, 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 you know, we're, we're strong in the Lord and in the power of his might. As we're looking at this and the responsibility of it, I want to take you to, to a place in Deuteronomy in the 28th chapter. The whole chapter is about the blessing and is about the curse. And, and maybe you've read it and maybe you haven't. I, I just want to just, just glance through this just for a second. In Deuteronomy 28, this is the blessing of God. And the blessing comes on you when you start. It says, if you will observe and to do all that is written there in this book are the words of the law that are written in this book, that thou mayest fear the glorious and the, and the fearful name, the Lord thy God. What is on 58? Put on verse 1. Put on verse 1 for me. I'm sorry. I, said, I thought I was quoting it wrong. <laughs> I said, what is that? That's a different translation. Deuteronomy 28.1. If thou shalt do and adhere to, the, adhere to the word of God, observe and do all the words in this law that are written in this book, that thou mayest fear it. He, she's still on 28. I'm sorry. Uh, or 58. But, but see, the, if you'll do the word, he said all the blessings come. All the blessings. Bless you, you be in the city. Bless you, you be in the field. Blessed be the fruit of your body, your cattle, your kind. Everything you put your hand to is blessed. What it basically says, verses 1 through 14, it's the blessing. God's blessing on you. But, oh, 15 through 60-something, oh, my goodness, it's a curse. The curse comes if you do not. If thou shalt come to pass, that thou shalt hearken diligently unto the voice of the Lord thy God to observe and to do all these things that are uh, written in the commandments, which I command thee this day. The Lord thy God shall set thee on high above all the nations of the earth. Hey, I, I want to be on high. I don't like the low side. I've been down there. I've been on the low side. I like the high side. But if, I, if something happens, I go back to the low side, I'm just going to grab God and go right back to the top. Because, see, we're serving the, the Most High God. And, see, all you have to do is observe what he does and start believing it. Listen to me. Faith without corresponding action is dead. Faith without works is dead, King James. Faith without corresponding action. Faith without good works is dead. You've got to have some action. Oh, I believe God. As you know, it's back to that, that, that wino my friend picked up. He picked him up and started witnessing to him. Man, he's so drunk he couldn't hardly sit in his car. Man, I know God. We didn't have any corresponding action. No corresponding action. We got to have corresponding action. Now, Amy, I'm sorry I messed you up. Go back to 59 where you was at. And let me just read this, 59 through 61 of the curse. And, oh, you know, man, you know, if you read back in Hebrews 12, it talks about that God's chastisement is not as grievous. Well, I'm not trying to be grievous, but listen. Then the Lord will make thy plagues wonderful. I don't like wonderful attached to plagues. That just struck me right there. When I read that, I said, now I don't like wonderful attached to plagues. I will make thy plagues wonderful and, thy, and the plagues of thy seed, even your kids and even great plagues and long continuance of sore sicknesses and long continuance. My goodness. Verse 60. Moreover, will he bring upon all the diseases of Egypt which you were afraid of, and they shall cleave unto thee. 
And verse 61, and every sickness and every plague which is written in this book of the law, them will the Lord bring on you. Because see, before this, from verse 15 to where I just read it, it lists curses, everything, everything, from bunions to dandruff to cancer. It lists them all. Now, I want you to think about this in a different way. I, I want you to look at this just for a second. Instead of blessing and curse, I want you to think about it like this. It's consequences. Consequences. If you do the word, the consequences are blessing. If you don't do the word, the consequences are curse. And people say, well, the Lord's cursing us. No, he's telling you what the consequences will be. My way's better, said God. My ways are higher than your ways. They're better than your ways. And it don't say you can't know them because religious people will throw that in there. Well, you can't know the, 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 the ways of God. Yes, you can. He said, my ways are higher. Come on up. Come on up and do what I say to do. Come on, walk with me. You know, I, I was trained. Uh, uh, I, my boss, one of my bosses was a great salesman. He'd been selling stuff since he was 12 years old. And, and he would kick you, and, and he would do everything he could to, to make you better. God wants to make you better. God is not punishing you. God's telling you, warning you. Have you ever watched? Watch out, there's a drop-off. That's what God's saying in the Word. You act that way, there's a drop-off waiting on you. Watch that pothole. Hey, 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 if you come into my house, when you come up the road, there's a big ditch. If you don't get over to the right, you're going to get stuck. You're going to be tr trouble. If you come into my house, you got to go way around that water right there because if you don't, you ever drove through a mud hole and it would just splash the water out? You ever drove through a mud hole and it was a drop-off? I drove through a mud hole and the four-wheeler came through the back window. It wasn't even my truck because it bounced up and it came right through the back window. And the mud hole looked like the rest of them, smooth, but it wasn't. God's warning us of consequences by not doing his word. You got the vow this year, starting today, I will do the word of God. I will do the word of God with all my heart, with all my strength. We're going to circle this plane to land here in just a second. But I want to look at something. We're talking about bitterness. We're talking about a root of bitterness that gets in your life. Bitterness and unforgiveness, it just keeps slipping up. I, I want you to look right quick at, at, um, at Deuteronomy 29. Just write it down, and we're going to read through these real quick. Deuteronomy 29, 16. For you know how we have dwelt in the land of Egypt, and how we came through, uh, through the nations which you passed by. This is talking to the children of Israel that came out of Egypt. And God's talking to them. Now, next verse. And we're looking at bitterness. And you have seen their abominations and their idols, the wood and stone and silver and gold, uh, which were among them. What he's saying is you don't want none of that. Next verse. Lest there should be among you a man, a woman, or a family, or a tribe, whose heart turneth away this day from the Lord our God. I want you to stop and look at this right quick. Lest there be among you a man, woman, or family. And stop right there. This is the children of Israel. The children of Israel. The children of Israel. You would think they would all serve God. But they didn't. Because notice he said a tribe. But you know what? They allowed anybody that was going to, as long as they were peaceable, they come. You know, Israel today allows anybody in their nation as long as they're peaceable. They don't block their borders and say, we don't want anybody but Israelites in here. Why did Joshua say, 
choose you this day whom you will serve. Because there were people that didn't serve God that were Israelites. Choose you this day. And so he's making a statement here, whose heart turns away this day from the Lord our God to go and serve the gods of these nations, lest there should be among you a root that beareth gall or wormwood. That's a root of bitterness. Gall is bitter. Wormwood is bitter. Both of those are real things. You ever heard of gall before? I'll remind you of it in just a minute. Wormwood is a real wood. You put it in water, it makes it bitter. Matter of fact, they tried to make medicine out of wormwood. It made people lose their mind. It's poison. They had hallucinations and, and, and their mind just went out, whacked on them because a wormwood is a bitter, it's a poison. See, uh, we're warning a, a bitterness today. Let me, let me go to Psalm 69, 21, Amy. Listen to this. This is a messianic scripture. Psalms 103, 1 through 5 is a messianic scripture. We confess it every Sunday that thou, you know, praise the Lord, O my soul. Bless the Lord, O my soul. All that is in me, praise his holy name. Every messianic scripture has been fulfilled. Every one. That's why I say Jesus forgives all our sins. Jesus Heals all our disease. He fulfilled Psalms 103, 1 through 5. He fulfilled this one. Psalm 69, 21. They gave me also gall for my meat, and in my thirst they gave me vinegar to drink. This is Jesus on the cross. This is Jesus on the cross, and it's found in Matthew 27, 34. They gave him vinegar, vinegar to drink mingled with gall, and when he had tasted thereof, he would not drink. We're closing. Hear me. They gave me gall for my meat. And in my thirst, they gave me vinegar to drink. Go back, read that. Go back and put the scripture up that I just read, Matthew 27, 34. And they gave him vinegar to drink and mingled it with gall. And when he tasted thereof, he would not drink. If Jesus tasted a bitterness, I think we're going to taste of it. And as Miss Keene admonished us, and as I'm trying to tell you this morning by the Holy Spirit as well, don't drink it. Every one of us have the opportunity to be offended, to be in unforgiveness, to get bitter about life, bitter about what somebody's done. Maybe our son married the wrong woman or our daughter or your husband did something to you or maybe you're divorced and you just, you're mad at women now. You hate all women or you're mad at men because you're divorced or because that man treated you this way and, and bitterness comes in. Bitterness can come in in any different ways. Maybe your boss is cruel. Maybe you got fired and it wasn't your fault. But you know what? Vengeance is mine, saith the Lord. If you believe in the Lord God, he is big enough to take care of that. You need to move on. If he's big enough to, 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 to send Jesus to die for us, then he's big enough to take care of whatever hurt that you're carrying around, whatever pain that you're carrying around. It's time to cast it off. Say, God, you're big enough to take it all. Today's the day because it's time to move forward. You can't keep dragging all these stains and all your past and all this bitterness because it hinders you from receiving the blessing of God. I don't want anything between me and God. And when I find myself mad at my wife or upset at the kids or something happens and it didn't go right, you have a flat, I don't want that to come between me and God. Somebody run me off the road, who, you know, hey, Lord of God, I'm alive. 
that doesn't need to come between us and the Lord. You cannot let things build up. I want you to bow your heads this morning. You see, Jesus tasted bitterness, but he wouldn't drink it. He was tempted. I mean, it was in his mouth. But he didn't fall to temptation. He wouldn't receive it. Matter of fact, listen to this. Jesus forgave even when he wasn't asked. Those people that nailed him to the cross, those religious people that put him up there, those Roman soldiers, none of them asked. And Jesus said, Father, forgive them. He would not take the bitterness of being nailed to that cross. He knew it was coming because he asked the Father to let this cup pass. But he died on that cross and he did it without any bitterness. You see, he suffered in every manner that we've suffered. You see, bitterness to tell you, nobody knows what I'm going through. Nobody's ever been through what I've been through. Jesus has been through it. The lamb, the perfect lamb that was slain. I want you to search your heart this morning. If there are things hindering you, you need to start looking for it. Maybe something your mom did. Maybe something your dad did. Maybe your grandpa mistreated you. Your uncle. It's time to let that go. You ain't got to get anybody back. If you're here today and you want prayer, won't you come quickly? We'll pray for you. tell you what, look at me just for a second. She told her story. I'm going to tell mine. I went to a lady one time that had a root of bitterness. She hated her husband. They were still married. I don't know why. She wanted to kill him. Threatened to. Tried to. So the, the Lord sent me to her. And I, I started talking to her. I said, you know what? The past is the past. You need to put that under the blood of Jesus. You need to let that go. And I led her in a prayer, just like I'm fixing to lead you in a prayer. And she wept, tears of forgiveness. And we just read that, that, that Esau cried with tears, but yet it didn't happen. And this woman cried tears. And I said, I want you to lift your hands now. I'm going to pray for you. And she lifted her hands, and before, as I started to pray, I was looking at her, and her hands went like this, and her facial expressions changed, and she went, and pulled it right back to her. All the hatred, all the unforgiveness, she went and pulled it back to her and clammed up like this. Didn't matter how much I bound the devil. Didn't know how much I, I prayed for her. She held on to it and pulled it back to her. Even though it made her sick, even though it crippled her, even though she had all these things, this hatred, in her heart, she pulled it back to her. And I'm like, Lord, what do I do? He said, there's nothing you can do till she wants to change. Want it. 
I'm, I'm telling you and I'm asking you. And the Holy Spirit's saying, want to change. I want everything. I want to change. I want to change, and you need to want to change. So close your eyes and lift your hands, and let me pray this over you today. As a matter of fact, say it with me. Say, Father, today I cast my cares over on you. I cast all the hurt, the shame, the pain, the root of bitterness. I cast it away. Lord, I give you my heart, my life. Renew me. I want to start fresh today. With you, your word, with Jesus and the kingdom of God. Lord, live big in me. Let me hear your voice like never before. Let me follow after you all the days of my life. And my family will follow and my friends will follow. For I will be the light. Your word guides me and I will guide others. In Jesus' name. Thanks for listening today. You can keep up with fresh content, find out more about our upcoming events, and give to support Legacy Church all online at LegacyFamily.tv. From all of us here at Legacy Church, have a blessed week.